0: Hello everybody, it's Marcy from WavesOfCommunication.com. Welcome to another episode of the Language Facilitation Helpline Podcast, and thank you for tuning in today. Every action you take to help the late talkers in your life is important, that the fastest results come when you enjoy the process of language facilitation. I'm going to be talking about five signs that prove that your language facilitation strategies are actually working. Now, I decided to go ahead and create this video topic for you today because I always have... The reason that I call this waves of communication is because people second-guess themselves. They get started. It's a very intuitive process. And remember, you're equipping the late talker and you're not testing them every week to see how far are they doing, how much are they going, how much are they whatever. You're allowing the process to happen naturally. And of course, you want to notice... Is it working? Is what we're doing? How do you know? Because in order to stay with the process, of course, any process, you want to have some signs that what you're doing is actually creating the outcomes that you're looking for. And if you're not seeing those outcomes, remember, we talk about eliminating expectations, but you can't completely eliminate expectations. Everybody wants to know if they're doing a good job. And if you don't think you're doing a good job, then you'll stop doing it. And then when you stop doing it, the progress stops and then you question everything and it goes, all your effort goes back down. And when we talk about the workbook here. That's why I have it up today, because those of you who are working with the workbook, you're collecting your data, your proof every day, every week to show your progress. But even in that, you are the one that is self-evaluating your circumstances to decide, is this progress even happening And I also know that people are second guessing themselves so much that even those who are in, they have said in their mind, I'm, yeah, I'm going to take the job. Or they've said to me, I'm going to take on the job to be a language facilitator. They even sign on to work with me as clients to be their coach, to be a child's language facilitator. And still, they go other places because they doubt themselves. They doubt their child because they're not seeing progress fast enough or something like that happens. And I'm going to show you an example of why that happened. Here is an email. I'm calling out this person. I'm not calling them out by name, but this is somebody who is working with me in my program who has a child who is three years old, who has made tons of progress and somebody some doubt some worry some i don't know if it's working maybe it's working maybe it's not working whatever cause this family to take their child. They listen to their elders to take them to the speech therapy center. And I told you, I tell you on all the videos, what happens when you take your child to a center is they assume that you believe something is wrong with your child and you are taking them to this place to find out what's wrong with your child. And guess what? You're going to get them telling you what's wrong with this child. I know I have seen video of this child engaging, listening. I've seen proof of this child's parents solving problems and doing things. And still at the evaluation center, even despite what these parents told those people about their developing child, who has made lots of progress, they were told by the center that before even working on speech, they'd have to have some more comprehensive evaluation where they looked at motor skills and cognitive delays, and they identified all these things because the child didn't pass their tests. They didn't, they didn't connect with the child like the parents do, and so all of a sudden, their labels started coming out, and then these parents are devastated, and they're like, oh, no, all of the work we've been doing, they forget, about the work that they have been doing with this child for months and months and months, the improvement they have seen with this child month after month after month, because I pointed out to them when they don't see it themselves, but they aren't looking at it themselves. And that's another reason that I made am making this video because I know a lot of you people out there, you don't believe that you can do this. That's why I'm making this video. Even the people who sign on to work with me and I tell them and I show them the proof of how they're doing it. They don't believe it. And I don't know why that happens. It's a mindset thing. So now you need 3D real life proof that your language facilitator is working. Let's get into it. Let's talk about what they are. Here is number one. The number one thing that you can know that the lay talker is improving. And guess what? It looks like regression sometimes, depending on who you're looking at. In this number one thing, you're going to see, you're always going to see in every late talking child whose parents and caregivers use language facilitation, you're going to see a change in the behavior. That's what we want. We are shifting behavior into speaking. And through the process of shifting it into spoken language, it goes through many forms on the way. And we're going to be talking about that. But these behaviors are shifting through connection, because that's the process that is in this workbook. That's the process I talk you through. When you connect, the tantrums decrease and life feels easier when you are connected. You know what it feels like to be in the language facilitation zone. You get there, you connect, and you are seeing a difference in at least a reduction, right? This is sign number one, reduction in tantrums and things. Now, Also, in this same, we want to take this coin and flip it over, we look at the lay talker is now empowered because you have empowered them by making life easy and happy and safe and fun. And you have eliminated for them the struggles of pressure, prompting. You're going to do it my way. I'm going to make you talk. I'm going to pull words out of you. You eliminated those things. The lay talker sees that it is possible to learn spoken language through easy, happy, safe, and fun ways. You did it as a language facilitator. You proved it can be easier than this. And still... You might be sending your child to places where other people don't give them that same consideration, and they are resisting those people. You, they were in school. You had them home during the pandemic. Now they're back in school, and they don't like school anymore because during the pandemic, you learned how to make learning fun. Back at school, they've got to sit in their chair. They've got to do the things they don't want to do right? This is actually a sign of progress, not a sign of regression. Remember, what are you looking for here? In spoken language, you're looking at a child's independent ability to express their ideas, all of them, wants, needs, feelings, opinions, critiques, judgments, All the things we use spoken language for, you want them to express that through spoken language. They're already doing it through behaviors. The behaviors are going to evolve. Frustration from, how come you're not making life easy like my mom, my dad, my caregiver, my language facilitator does? How come this is a hard place? Why are difficult environments around my life? I'm going to resist them and I am going to go to the things that I love the things that are working the things that feel easy it's natural for every late talker to go through this so if you are seeing both of these things it is signs of progress you're going to see a reduction when you're connected you're going to see really good progress when you're connected and you're going to see really big resistance when the late talker isn't or when whoever's trying to facilitate something or teach something make something happen, isn't connected. You'll see the difference because the late talker understands you taught them through your language facilitation efforts that connection is where it's at. Connection is how I learn what it works for me, what I love, what makes sense, what feels easy, right? Easy is always the way the kids are going to go. And so resistance to difficulty shows you that you are training the late talker to find out what works for them. And that's a sign of progress. Okay let's get into number two. Oh, by the way i just wanted to say that this is a coaching session all of my coaching sessions you have the opportunity to post your own question and i have one at the end i've got that i pulled off of another video but if you have a question today when i'm done with these five tips put your question in the comment right now talking about your situation and i'll provide some coaching about that so That opportunity is available on all of my videos, whether you're watching live or on the replay, because like I said, I'll pull them off later and bring them on to another topic. Okay, let's get to number two. The number two sign that your proof, sign of proof that your language facilitation is working is that the lay talker is listening better, right? Because you have shown them how valuable spoken language is. The only reason that a lay talker will give up behavior and shift from using behavior as their primary language into using speech as their primary language is when you show them speech that's useful, that they can use, that they want, right? They're listening to you because you've shown them they're smiling. They stay with you longer. They respond to directions. They follow directions. They follow rules. And there's even more negotiation, more win-win. They don't fight about having to go out at nighttime because now they understand that the night, the time to go out is going to. Come back. They're not going to lose it forever. You know, you've explained all these things because the late talker in the language facilitation zone, even before they become verbal, they become better listeners. They have to become better listeners before they can become independently verbal. So you're going to see this in evidence as better listening now responding to their name doing all of that stuff remember those are skills that if you're testing you're not gonna see this is natural listening to language facilitation when you are connected but if you try to test do, do, what does your light talker know? You know, that's not what this is. This is better listening and attention during your language facilitation activities. And you will notice better listening and attention, even, um, you know, observation. Um, you'll notice the late talker eavesdropping on your conversations and things like that. That's what I'm talking about. Elevated level of listening, not are they able to follow three and four and five step directions that's different are they able to respond to their name the first time you call them that's different than attentive active listening to natural spoken language models so i definitely want you to differentiate that this isn't about it and if you want to know the level of listening in the workbook you can look at the level of comprehension levels in there to see which level your late talker is. And you'll notice those levels going up if you are doing language facilitation. So that's another easy way to see it. All of those levels in the workbook are defined so that you can see even in detail. So that with paragraph levels, okay, at this level, the child's doing this and this and this and this and this. this. You'll see examples even of the kind of communication, understanding that a late talker is using so that you can gauge those levels. And they might go up and down based on the connection, based on the environment, because a true language facilitator always is gauging, not just the physical situation, how many words is my kid saying, but the environment around it and the mindset about the facilitation, the whole process. Okay, let's go to the number three sign that your language facilitation efforts are working. And it is this one. It is that the nonverbal communication increases. So, What's going to happen before the late talker starts talking, I talked about this with the number one one, is that the nonverbal communication actually evolves in itself before it turns into speech. And so you're going to notice this evolution, and it looks different for every single late talker. It's just like when kids learn to walk. Some kids go through the process of, you know, the by the book. They walk, they cruise, they crawl, they stand up, they let go they walk. Other kids butt scoot. Other kids army crawl. Other kids just stand up and walk from the beginning. They never crawl at all. Speech happens the same way. And so the nonverbal communication evolves from crying out of the womb to wherever it is right now. And you're going to notice as you start providing more spoken language models together with your visual cues. This is always what we talk about. hows How are you going to get the lay talker's attention? You've got to catch their attention visually and join them in activities where you're connected together. And then as you're doing that, your lay talker's observing everything you're doing and listening to everything you're saying, and they're pairing them together. So when you're brush, brush, brushing your teeth, they see the action that you're doing and they listen at the same time. And so what they already know, they've got a nonverbal language. So first they evolve that nonverbal language to the point, and they will evolve it far, to the point where it doesn't work anymore. It's too limiting. They point, they're pointing to the same thing over again because they want you to give them a different one or change. It's not just that. You're like, I gave it to you. And they're like, no, I wanted the bigger one or I wanted the other one or I wanted a, a next one. That's when they'll add a word to that big or another or again. And then the words will pop out because they need them. They know them because you've been facilitating the spoken language over and over again. They evolve their thing and then the word might pop out. In the expressive gauges over here in the workbook, this is where the child is moving over the line from the level three to the level four where they're actually practicing using spoken language. But this level three is a lot of non, level two, level three is a lot of nonverbal spoken language as it evolves because the lay talker's like, hey, somebody's trying here. Somebody's trying to connect with me and teach me how to talk. How am I going to shift? This is what the late talkers thinking, right? How am I going to shift pulling on my mom's dress to that actually getting her to give me a peanut butter sandwich? Like, man, there's a lot more to that. I've got to go to the kitchen. I've got to get the peanut butter. I've got to bring her the peanut butter. Hopefully she'll guess it if I bring the peanut butter. And if she doesn't guess, then I've got to give her more. And the lay talker will give you more when you interact and connect with whatever they're giving you now. And then that's how you facilitate it improving. Okay. So You're going to see a lot more nonverbal communication, a lot more limited verbal. This is also where the babbling and the kids who don't stop singing or they use echolalic phrases, they do one thing for another thing because they're just hacking through the process of evolving their behavior into speech. And you're going to see that process evolve and it might not look normal. It it might not look like any other child. That's why we call normal is what a lot of kids do. The same sort of thing is what normal is. And that's why no language facilitation process is normal because every unique child is different. Every unique experience is different because of the environment and the people who are there and the mindset of the people who are there and how they connect with the late talker and what methods they use. All of that is up in the air. All of that you as the language facilitator is the guide of that process. You are aware of every body, every energy that's coming into the process, including the environment. How is the lighting in here? Where are we? Is it too warm? Is it too cold? Do I have the equipment I need? Right? It's all up to you to create the situations for this to happen. And and you're doing it I advise through the things you already do every day. So if you're already getting up, brushing your teeth, getting dressed, getting out the door to go to wherever you go, that's what you use because that's how you connect every day. Don't you want that to be easier? That's what we talked about in number two. This life will become easier because the Lay talkers connected with you and understanding what's going on. All right, so moving on, we've got three so far. We've got two more of these tips to help you. And I don't see any questions coming in. So if you have a question, don't forget to put it in the comments. All right, and if these are resemble, you know, if you're um, any of these are happening in your life and you're seeing these signs, let me know what signs you're seeing of progress. But we're going to dig into a couple more here. Let's get to number four, where we're talking about. A sign that your lay talker is improving is that other people start to let you know now this is also really valuable because a lot of times the parents who are in the language facilitation journey they're so far in it that it's hard for them to see that the late talker is listening more because they're not testing right they're not seeing do they know it are they even getting it are they even doing it again those other signs they're staying near they're smiling all of that stuff you're like okay he's smiling but is he really understanding is he really getting it other people will notice you can remember Late talkers have already a natural, intuitive, telepathic connection with their primary caregivers. So the way you know what the late talker wants, the amount of time you guess what the late talker wants, all of that stuff, that's not available. That intuitive connection is not available to strangers. It's not available to aunties. It's not available to um teachers, to therapists, to evaluators, that intuitive information that you know, you know, because you know you've been living 24-7 with this child. The only way that other people would have access to that information is when they deeply also connect with the lay talker. So if they're not going to take the effort to deeply connect with the lay talker and the lay talker wants to connect with them, if they want what they've got, if they want what grandma's cooking or they want what the aunties are doing, like they want to dance like the aunties. Like this little girl I talked about in the very first post I had here. She never stops. They go to parties and this little girl wants to talk about the costumes. She wants to talk about the music. She wants to imitate the exact hand gestures. OT needs to be blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to say that's bunk because Those people who were evaluating that child didn't understand, but those aunties at the party, after the party, they come up to the mom and say, do you see what your little girl's doing? Do you see how connected she is? Look what a superstar she is. Look at all that beautiful stuff. Now she's not talking all over, but she's really connected and she's really learning. And she just turned three and she spent a lot of time all by herself with her mom and dad watching videos. For her first part of her life. And so she doesn't know a lot of language, but she knows how to connect with people. And these people come and tell you delightful things about your child, not the people who you sign up to see what's wrong with them. You send them to the evaluators who are here to give you a diagnosis and therapy that you pay them for, right? The people who love you, the people who love your child, the people who you introduce them to at parties who can't get enough of your little girl or boy because they see the curiosity in them. They see the potential in them. These other people will tell you, the people who love you, the people who will take the time to connect with your child will tell you. They'll tell you all these things that I'm showing you. Because if you're too busy trying to look for shiny objects and other professionals and don't trust yourself in doing your work, then you need to find kind, loving people around you to support you to remind you. And this is what people do with me. I notice when my clients say, "Look at these videos, I notice what the lay talker is doing. I notice what they're trying. And the parents don't notice what they're trying sometimes. The parents notice what they're failing. And that's when they put themselves in the role of an evaluator. And all they can find is what's wrong. And when you're not focusing on what's right, then you're not going to get more of what's right. You get more of what you focus on. And your lay talker hears you talking on the phone or with your colleagues and other mommies and stuff about all the stuff you're worried about. And... They should be able to tell you if they know this child that you're off track, that you're not seeing what they're seeing because that happens a lot. That's why parents who even are working with me, who have paid money to get coaching to do this and are seeing progress, still go to homeopathy, still go to give their kids chelation and stem cells and all. I got to do this other physical stuff, herbs and all this other stuff. Because someone told me there's something wrong with my child's blood flow or energy or brain, blah, 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 or anything like that. Honestly, if there is, those things aren't going to facilitate language. They're going to do something to the physical body, but they're not going to get the spoken language result. They're not going to shift behavior to speaking. That's your job as the facilitator. The only way to shift behavior to speaking is by looking at that behavior and providing the language they need. And if you're doing that two to three hours a day, every day, other people will notice. They will. And they'll tell you they will. Okay, so now I see a comment coming in. Got that, we're gonna to get to that as soon as we get to number five. And before I do that, I just want a biggest shout out. Thank you to my subscribers. I know that 47% of my viewers are subscribed. So welcome back to all of you. And if you are not subscribed, and you like this kind of information, now is your chance, please. That helps me. And then when I talk about share the info, share what you are doing about your language facilitation. When you go to these evals, when you get grandmas or aunties or your parents trying to tell you that you should take your kid to a therapist, because that's what they think. They're projecting their solutions onto you. And it's up to you to decide what solutions you want. And my channel, Waves of Communication channel, is the resource to find them because they're different for every family. That's why there's so many videos, okay? Let's talk now about the number five sign, the most obvious sign that your language facilitation is working, and that's that your late talker is starting to talk. And then when in the workbook you see in the expressive language levels, they are going up. You're always above that line and things are happening. You are seeing and hearing real progress. Now, you could be at the very beginning stages where the late talker is just looking at your face and touching you. moving their mouth while you're talking, right? Visually, remember, they're in the process of shifting. So at the very beginning of this sign, you're going to see the late talker paying attention. And this is a high level. They've got to already be a very good listener. They've already got to trust you. They've already had a, got to have a good language facilitation zone with you. And you see and hear them practicing. They change the way they talk. They self-correct their errors, Okay, that's how you know it's working because it's working. You're seeing real speech emerge that is unprompted. Okay, with language facilitation, there is no need to tell your kiddo to say words unless you're teaching a social skill like tell your auntie, thank you, you know, that kind of thing. That's just a behavior, a social behavior. It is not spoken language training. Spoken language training is what do you say when you feel appreciation? The words are thank you. When you say them is social language training and that requires prompting. Right. So if we're looking at facilitating the spoken language a child needs to understand, that's one aspect. And then facilitating the social language is another. And so, yeah, that's why we're going to talk about in the questions that I have today to get to those things. Let's talk about the one, though, that is somebody's joining me with a question. Mary says, my three my son is three years, eight months, nonverbal. He uses signs to ask for what he wants he goes to the daycare in the daycare in English and comes home in Arabic. He understands both. What can we do for him to speak? He's going, going to the daycare since October, but he doesn't speak. He started mouthing words without voice. So you can see that you are making improvements. Now, I suggest if you are... Um, first of all, your late talker, if they are using signs, remember what your late talker is doing right now. Is their point A? So you can look at language facilitation like a physical, uh, a physical training journey, right? At the beginning of your journey, you have to do an assessment to see where are we now? What are you? How do you move? How do you? Uh, what are? How how much weight can you lift? How fast can you run? All of those things that people do assessments. You know from your explanation right here that your late talkers common developed language. The one that he has taught you to understand is nonverbal. He uses signs, but those must be just labels, more and please or whatever he's doing. I don't know how many signs or whatever he's using, but at this stage, potentially, whatever he's using nonverbally is working. You're responding to those signs. They're working for him. You've got him stuck at level three in the comfort zone. Okay? You're prompting him. Do you want this? Tell me more. And then you give it to him. Right? He knows when I need to get... Do these signs, remember the social reason, the reason we talk is why and when do we use these words that we've memorized? That's what we facilitate in spoken language. And your lay talker's content to use nonverbal communication to get everything he needs. He's controlling his whole environment by teaching other people. What he is doing. Now, the fact that it's a two language household and he understands both and means that his nonverbal language is great. He doesn't have to expressively learn two languages. He is using nonverbal communication and it works for the English people and it works for the Arabic people. So that's just fine. Now, if you want your late talker to use spoken language, then someone's got to facilitate it four times a day you have to call attention to the fact that we want more we're trying to get you to get excited about speaking english and or arabic i would recommend starting with arabic because While your late talker understands English and he's got his signs, he's getting by okay at school, he will learn how to use his English words as he learns how to use his Arabic words. Remember, he understands both languages, but he does not know how to use either one, nor is he even interested in developing that because he's already got a functional language right? Think about you and your foreign language learning. In school, if you had to go, you're living in a country where, you know, they speak another language and that's not your first language, do you use it whenever you want? No. It's easier for you to speak your home language first, so you always revert back to that. So I always recommend you start with your home language. You facilitate that first. Now, in my program, both my independent study programs, this workbook, all of these, um, resources. There are videos here on YouTube specifically about bilingual language facilitation, and I gave you a couple cues right here, but in reality, your child will start using both of those languages at the same time, and expressively, it will be longer. I'm not surprised that he's only nearly four years old, and he's not really saying any words because he is learning both languages at the same time. That's why expressively, he's using sign. Because you can only do so much with the three and a half year old brain. Learn three languages simultaneously, two receptively, one expressively. And then now potentially three expressively because that nonverbal communication is gonna break down. He's already three years, eight months. By the time he gets to be four, four and a half, he's gonna be wanting to talk about specifics with these people and the signs aren't gonna help him. He's gonna need it. He's gonna start to get more frustrated. If you do not facilitate, concentrate on the spoken language, functional spoken language facilitating surrounding the things that he's signing right now, exactly. And then if he's gesturing around the things not the wants and needs but the things that he loves that's the stuff that you need to start facilitating spoken language for because he will pick up language spoken language for the things that he does not have signs for okay remember he's already got nonverbal functional speech it's communication okay expression and the new one has to replace it so it has to be better And that's why the kids will, the needs-based stuff, he knows how to get what he needs. He's showing you he's three and a half. He already knows how how to get everybody to get him what he needs. There's no doubt. So that's not where I would go. I would go language facilitation with a heavily nonverbal child in the fun because they don't have language for that. They don't have a sign for their favorite Peppa Pig or their spinning or whatever they like to do, running, jumping, whatever. They love music. Okay, that's where you go. That's what um, I advise for all the parents as far as your if your kids heavily into isolating or nonverbal or they're stuck in echolalia or all that stuff. You've got to start there with the language because that's what they're interested in. Right. You're they're not going to shift their love because you think it's important. Right. He got frustrated easily. She says he got frustrated easily and hit kids at daycare because he doesn't have spoken language. Because he doesn't have spoken language. The signs are already too limiting for him. He has social needs. He wants to tell these kids that he wants them to play with him. He wants to tell these kids that they're, you know, when they take toys away, he wants to defend himself. He wants he needs equipping and empowering to share his place at the daycare. And he's doing it physically. He needs language around his issues, not around the things he wants and needs. I would not be doing flashcards or any of that. I'd be talking about these social reasons that you hit kids. Start pretend play, telling stories about it. At three and a half, he understands why, right? So this is what you need to do. That's what you need to do. Well, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to tell you that's where where what your child requires. He requires assistance to give him language for the things he wants to communicate with his physical body, pushing and shoving kids, right? He can't help it. He can't help it. He feels away. And he doesn't have language to communicate. And you've all been facilitating and fostering. If you've been responding to these signs and gestures or even teaching him more of them, he's stuck. He's stuck way down there at level two, three. Right? It's all nonverbal and not even interested in talking. But the and and probably even afraid of it. Because he doesn't understand everything these kids are saying. Your kid needs to learn spoken language in order to be less frustrated. And that's why they're frustrated. We all are frustrated. Think about living in a place you don't understand. Having to work all day in an environment where everyone speaks a different language. And you know barely any. It's tough. You don't hear it at home. They're not, you're not supporting the English. He's frustrated because you're putting him in a place, setting him up to fail. Without spoken language in an environment. His signs are too limiting. That's what happens. That's why they break down. That's why they break down. Okay, let's go. I have one more that I want to share with you. Um, This one right here. Um, this was a question that came in on another video. I have a four and a half year old. So this is a four and a half year old who has this mama has been doing some language facilitation and they've got their child talking. They're talking about what they love. Very good in academics. They know how to read. They know how to four and a half, learning math, learning these things. And at home, probably during pandemic time, is when the parent connected with the child and taught them all these things because it's not very difficult for late talkers to learn academics. They're very very good problem solvers, especially math, science, music, all that, right? They love it. Once they learn a concept, they practice it, they learn it. You don't have to practice over and over and over again. Well, spoken language never stops this process of learning a concept, learning another concept, learning another concept. You never stop learning new concepts to add to the volume of language that you have. Now, This late talker listens, poor listening at school. This mom's having trouble with behavior at school, and that's what this thing is about. Now remember, all behavior is communication. This late talker listens only after four to five times calling her name. Does she know how to respond to her name? Yes, but she's not responding until the teacher calls four to five times. Is that a problem with her cognition? No. Is it a problem with her listening? Yes. Why do kids not listen to people? Let's talk about the next thing. She doesn't want to be in discipline. Maybe there's discipline at this school that did not exist in the fun learning environments where this child got good in academics. And now the academic environment is testing and they're forcing and they're whatever, making kids. She finds situations where she doesn't want. There are situations presented to this child that she doesn't want it isn't fun okay so this and and the child will say will use her words to say i want to pee and she is also singing her songs she is constantly communicating to the people around her this child through her speech that she's not happy that she feels controlled that she doesn't want the to do this work It's not feeling good, easy, happy, safe, or fun for her. She does not want it. She has not signed up. She has not agreed to the contract of whatever activity is presented to her. She does not want it. No thank you. She's saying this through her behavior. I want to pee. I want to get out of here. I need to escape. She's telling these people over and over and over again, this lay talker, She's when she's happy, she's singing and she's telling them what works for her. When I sing, when I relate the music to the things, that's how her brain is actually improving, is using the songs, using the things she listens to, developing her own spoken language out of what she's got. She's using her resources, whatever she's been exposed to. If she's been exposed mostly to videos and not humans talking, she's going to be using those videos. And now the parent sends them back to school. And they've got to listen the way the school wants them to listen in the environment the school wants them to listen right and it's not working out all i'm gonna tell you is the situation's not going to change until people respond to the lay talkers communication and find out what about this thing does she not want what is she afraid of what feels too hard for her what feels unfun about this school situation? What is so different about this new situation than the situation where your child learned all to get very good in academics and all the speech that she's using? What is different about those environments? You have a choice about where to send your child. You are in control. And again, That's a situation where these facilitators do not trust themselves to be the primary facilitator of spoken language and then send their child to other people to teach them things that you can't teach them, okay? When you send your lay talker out, excuse me, to have other people teach them the things that they need to learn from you at home, then you're going to be frustrated and so are they because it's not their job. They can't do it like you do. That's why I quit speech therapy because I know that you spend this time with this child, not me. You know this child. You have the intuitive connection. You know their preferences. You know what works, what doesn't. I don't. I would have to trial and error that over time to get to know these kids. That's what happened to me as a therapist. It took over the next, over the first three, four months, I was practically a family member because it didn't make sense for me to give this family guidance that didn't resonate with them. And when you resonate with the child about what they want, just like I resonate with you about what you want and you take what you want and use it, not just what other people are doing or what some professional says. No professional knows you are a late talker the way you do. none of them. okay? so if you're if you're getting reports about the late talkers not being successful at school, first of all, you have to look at the expectations of that school and the environment. Is it actually? Is it actually helping? Because look at this. True language facilitators use your own intuitive understanding of the physical child, the environmental effects, the emotional mindset issues surrounding the problem you are facing now. The problem you are facing now. My lay talker is doing something I don't want him to do or not doing something I want him to do. That problem That thing that you're calling the professional and the professional says, what's going on? You know, why are you calling a professional who evaluates kids who have problems? What's your kid's problem? And we're, again, focusing on problems, right? So if you want to focus on the problem, then dig in and focus on it and solve it. Find out what's causing it and address that, right? And it could be your own mindset because this same family who got a report from the occupational therapy or whoever did this comprehensive evaluation that says that this brilliant, bright spark of a little late talking toddler, beautiful, bright child who loves to connect with everybody as long as they're willing to connect with her, right, has autism, and cognitive delay and fine and gross motor issues. This child who can imitate very specific hand movements and dances and memorize entire songs after hearing them only once, you know? I know there's talk about these kids with autism spectrum being super smart, but what about your child just being super smart? What about your child just being super creative? What about your child being a superstar dancer, right? She's not good at academics. She's not good at math. She's not good at all that stuff. But she's only three. And she's a beautiful little girl. And that, right, that's what you hold on about your kids. That is what you hold on. So... There is one more little one come in. i got a little bit of time. Hi, Marcy. Your strategies are so helpful. I'm getting feedback from others that my boy is using three to four word sentences now. And they're saying he knows more than we thought. I'm grateful for you. See, this is what I'm telling you. This is what I'm telling you about this process. You don't always see because you're in the thick of it. You know, it's true. When we're in the middle of whatever, even I, believe it or not, I've, used to be more than 200 pounds i used to be a lot bigger than i am right now and in the process of my weight loss through the first year i was so in the thick of it i didn't notice it until my clothes didn't start to fit you know i literally think it was just i was so into my process trusting that my process was working all of a sudden i was like oh my goodness i guess i better Go get some new clothes because these clothes don't fit anymore. You're going to be sort of surprised and maybe outside people will remind you. But remember, it's that potential. You start to see the potential and it fuels you. That's why, like, when I was on my weight loss journey, I got those new clothes and I dug in and worked harder because I was like, "Ooh, this feels good. I like seeing this progress. I like feeling this evolution. Yeah, it was hard work, but you appreciate it so much. You dig in and work harder and your late talker will, too. That's how evolution works. That's why we get brighter and brighter and brighter. As we evolve through the process, and you will too. So, thank you so much for sharing. I'm going to put that up again. Getting feedback from others that he's using three to four word sentences, and people are saying he knows more than we thought. Your late talker might be telling you things and showing you yourself that they know more than you even gave him credit for because you didn't trust all of that process. And then you said, you know what? I'm going to trust it. I'm going to do it. I know that my child loves it. I see the signs. I see him listening. I see him focusing. I see him trying. I see him looking at my mouth. I see little little bits that fuel your guidance. And use those signs to fuel your efforts. Dig in four times a day. You can set up opportunities to do language facilitation. It can start with two to three minutes at a time and evolve. And once you practice four times a day, connecting and facilitating spoken language, pretty soon you'll find yourself doing it 40 times a day. You'll never shut it off. You'll be so in the thick of it that you trust it's working. You see it's working. You trust, you see. You trust, you see. And it keeps moving forward and the evolution happens. And that is what I'm here to tell you today is how it works for everybody. Everybody who digs in and does it. You are no exception. It doesn't matter how, where you are in the process, how your child's not talking yet, if they're talking, if they're anywhere along the way. If they're talking and they're not using their speech very well, those guys too. It's all about these signs. So you can do it. It's happening. It's happening. Trust yourself and dig in and get going. Get the workbook. All the links to all of my resources are in the description here. And you can always visit wavesofcommunication.com to learn more about how to get your evolution going. It's going to be a big spring and summer. Lots of these kids everywhere around the world. I'm getting messages from parents who are like, I got the workbook in December and my kiddo's taking off now. If you haven't got this workbook yet, you are missing out. It was divinely guided based on the experiences of more than 100 families who've been through this process with me and saw amazing success. Ride their dovetails. You can learn to do this. All of you guys can do it. Nairus is doing it. All of you guys are doing it. Show everybody around you. Show those other people how you are responsible and you can get it done thanks for tuning in today with a whole range of waves of communication resources from free content to customized coaching you now have access to everything you need to elevate spoken language to infinite success you are welcome to get your journey started with my 11-week language facilitation journey to speech workbook this tool is helping parents worldwide create nonstop language facilitation opportunities that elevate spoken language beyond even their own expectations. You can access this workbook and all of the language facilitation resources on my website, wavesofcommunication.com.